Welcome back to another episode of We Are Utah podcast. We're here in our Ogden location at Braden's Social Axe Throwing. Uh, if you've never been, he's got a Halloween theme where you dress up, come throw axes, and whoever has the best costume wins. That's right. So you can come before that if you want and throw axes, but uh, it's a great place to get out. We have another wonderful guest, Kara Berkland. And uh, as you guys know from our last podcast, I coach basketball, and I may or may not have yelled at her once or twice about a call. (laughs) But uh, she is an incredible woman. She does so much. Uh, First off is a mother of six, which I don't understand because I only have two, and I I some days lose my mind. Um, She is a member of the Utah House of Representatives. Um, Actually, how we connected on online was your Chirology uh, food truck, which she came out to. Um, we do a neighborhood garage sale twice a year, and you guys came out to that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. She also referees basketball, football, any other sports? That is it. That's it. And uh, what am I feel like there was one other thing. Am I missing it? No, I think that covers it well. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, We were going to do this over Zoom, but we want to keep the quality of the podcast high. So we're glad you came in. It's always way more fun to meet someone in person. The connections are better. So welcome, and um, we'll jump right into it. So I I want to talk about refereeing first, but let's start with your food truck just because that's how our relationship started. You got it. We just had our garage sale, uh, what was it, last month? Mm -hmm. And there was five other food trucks. How how was it for you guys? It was a good event. Um, any event we do is really a great event because, number one, our kids work the truck primarily. We get it there. We help them with a the setup. But then our teenage kids always work it. And so any opportunity they have to work and make money and go through the process, it's a learning life experience for them. So yeah. it was a yeah. good day. Uh, we had good sales, met a lot of fun, cool people. I guess you have a neighbor that owns a food truck, and he was super yeah. kind. Was he the nacho cool. guy? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I love his nachos. Uh, nacho average? Nacho average nacho. Yeah, yeah, really good guy. Nice. And it's fun for our kids to kind of be part of that climate right and they're talking to people about what events and they're trying to gather events it's it's fun to watch you know these yeah. 13 to 18 year olds get excited about work so our house is just down that street where you guys parked and I looked over and I, and I saw a kid in your truck and I was like that's not her so I just <laughs> thought oh maybe you guys hired someone so that those are your kids that work your truck yes. yeah it's just my husband and me and then our kids how old are your kids so the youngest is seven um he's not officially adopted as, as ours, but we've been taking care of him now for four years. So That's cool. it's basically awesome. he's ours. Yeah. We claim him as one of the six. Um, and then the others are 13 to 18. 13 to 18. They all live at home with you still? They all live at home. Nice. But you make them work. You so make them work on the truck. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. Pay your rent. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, it's fantastic. You know, every dollar they make is a dollar less they ask for from us. So right. it's great. I was going to ask you how you were staffing it because you were so busy. I was like, well, I wonder if her kids are working on it. So that's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. Anything, the truck is hard to drive. Like, it's, yeah. it's a big vehicle. I saw your Facebook post where you drove it up the, the canyon. canyon the other day. It was a big day for yeah, you, you to ever, do that. Do your kids ever drive it? <laughs> my son, my 18 year old son, he can drive it. Our seven 
seventeen-year-old daughter. It's iffy. They'll we'll let yeah. them drive locally in our community, but nothing on the interstates or highways yet. Um, so we'll usually try to get it down there, and then they run it. And they, I get on the truck, and they're like, "Mom, you made it too long," or "Mom, you didn't cook it long enough." I mean, they're very picky <laughs> like, get off and the bossy. Truck. <laughs> so I didn't come try a churro. I'm sorry. Uh, there were. F- five trucks so we did it in the spring and it seemed like there was a better turnout and there was there was only two trucks instead of five and they had a constant line the whole time so i was like oh like it'll happen i don't know if it was cold weather or what but from my point of view i think having less trucks would be better what do you think i think it's good to have like i love that you had the snow cone place there right because some people if the weather's nice they they want a snow cone their kids love it other yeah. people like a churro is a great kind of donut type thing we do a caramel glaze that kind of makes it more like a donut um we do an icing that's like a you know donut icing so some people will love that you know especially in the morning for yard sales but then it's nice to have regular food right and so yeah. i i think I love the snow cone or ice cream combo with the churro truck and then an entree yeah. item or two. So I, I don't do think, it, I think it was well planned. Well, yeah. I, I had that Filipino food truck. The only reason I did that one, cause Jordan Clarkson, they had their food trucks vandalized and he shelled out money to oh, I remember like, rebrand the whole truck. Yeah. And so I reached out to them. I was like, ah, I don't know if they'll answer, but they did. And, People love that one. Yeah. You know? so, They're super nice people. I noticed yeah, kind of yeah. the same thing. Like when we have trucks at our stores, it's dessert and food. When there's multiple of each, it's like some of the trucks suffer. It's like kind of what you're saying. It's nice to have just a Yeah, because you have your mobile axe throwing yeah. um, trailer. Yep. So do you guys, when you got guys take that somewhere, do you try and invite food trucks too? Or, we try, is it, or we try to go where the food trucks are. So like we like go, like in the summertime, we're always trying to be like the fairs carnivals all that stuff and it's like my main goal is like either put us next to a food truck or if there's a beer stand because that's where yeah. there's going to be lines he's like desserts or you know or, or food or something and so we, that's where we always try to line ours up at and so we right. a lot of people are going to start lining up and then we're like hey while you're waiting come throw an x and so yeah yeah it helps a little bit so that's awesome. you know so I, I feel like food trucks are like a huge thing now like everyone's starting food trucks what what's your guys story i think people connect more with the story instead of just like a brand like yeah. if they hear the story behind the brand yeah what what got you guys into food trucks and like just give us a, yeah. a background of how you got into that Perfect. industry so my husband's granddad he immigrated over here from norway um, and he owned a catering business downtown salt lake yeah. and that's what he did his whole life and so my father-in-law worked in the catering business um they had a little store and they would cater so many parties we have some of the menus <laughs> it's like 10 cents for a piece of pie oh, and, you know like crazy and my husband is an amazing cook and he it's has been his dream to open a restaurant as you know restaurants are a little difficult yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a tough business to be in um and and he was he played baseball at byu and so that was kind of his career path and he didn't really you know baseball was his career path baseball was his career path and um then we had started having kids and kids and more kids then we started adopting it's never been a good time to take the gamble to open a restaurant but it's his dream to do it and so this was a good way to kind of give him that feeling he's you know an entrepreneur at heart we've had a couple businesses that he started and we've sold off you know it's really fun things um and he actually for trilogy he had a good friend who's a diehard byu fan and he got him into umpiring baseball yeah so they both umpire baseball and they awesome. opened trilogy in salt lake a couple years ago and 
you know, we're like, oh, food trucks are a big fad, but they're yeah. going to go away. But it's been, you know, five years I know. now, no. and they're not going away. And so last year during the pandemic, they, businesses were shut down. And let's be honest, as unfortunate as it was for the businesses that are, have established restaurants, yeah, food, food trucks can trucks still yeah. were on fire. And they're outside. Yeah. Yep. It's like all you all we were told we could do was go that. outside last yeah. year. And it's like that's all you could <laughs> yeah. do. So it's like I'm going outside to get some Here's food. my food truck. Yeah. Come on over. Right. Yeah. And so they that's were awesome. doing great. And we're like, you know what? We love the product. Like it's the best churro we've ever had. And I'm talking it's better than Costco. It's better than Disneyland. Nice. It's the best churro better we ever than had. Better than Disneyland. That's hard to beat because you I'm got the magic you, there. I, it's true. <laughs> that's true. But it's better. And and realize like it's kind of insulated. Like you're not going to see any downfall with it. Yeah based on the pandemic and so it's it's a good safe bet and so we just so did you get did, did you you bought a franchise of churology but like what made you go with churros it was just that you tried it somewhere and you found love was with it just them? the friendship or the friendship we trusted them we knew that they had really worked this out they knew exactly what they're doing that's the the benefit you know yeah, preston yeah. um preston norton and matt basham they put their heart and soul into making sure it's a good product yeah. Yeah. and and s- simplifying it. For your very first outing, you know, you see so many food trucks and they do so much and they make so much and they offer so much. Yeah. That's a lot of product. That's a lot of need, you know, for getting things in. And right now, like you go to the restaurant supply store and you probably have seen this. Yeah, you can't find There's nothing anything. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it's you have tough. one product and it's churros and we do them different, whether we do the bite-sized churros or the long churros and we have a few different sauces, we don't have to worry about the supply chain yeah. quite as much. Yeah. So all of those things went into consideration of what's a simple product, something we can start off with. Now my husband's got bigger plans, other trucks, other things that he's got his feet That's at, cool. right? It's awesome, too, because like, it's like you said, he wanted to do that for so long. And with the truck, he has the capability of turning it off when, when you guys are busy with other things and then turning it back on when ready. And so I, I can imagine that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I guess you guys took a lot of the learning curve out of it, of opening your own business. And like me and Braden, we're kind of entrepreneurs and wanted to start something. It took us forever. We were talking on on our first podcast. Like, if you have a bug, like, kind of our goal is to connect different ideas and help people. Obviously, you promote your business, but also get people to, like, get the courage to go out and start their own business because... You yeah. did yours, and you're you're doing amazing. Well, it just took. Well, thank you. Appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Well, yeah, but I appreciate that. But uh, it just takes. My biggest thing is like we want to just hear the story of the beforehand because like I think so many like with me and I said this on the podcast the other day was. I just have I don't have any I didn't have any experience yeah, with any yeah. of the stuff that I now do like I had no schooling or nothing on it and making the leap to do was hard and tough and it's nice to hear that kind of stories from other folks. It's like yeah we. You guys just had a restaurant background, and you had your grandfather and stuff, but your dad or your husband wasn't actually a restaurant owner or anything. And now all of a sudden, he's like, "I'm going to do a truck," and you guys did it yeah. as a team, and that's yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it takes a little bit of courage. I mean, taking on loans and yeah. debt and yeah. Yeah. buying Scary. the truck and things like that, and hoping that what if it sucks? Especially where we have our kids running it. Like, what if they like one bad move, one crappy churro, and yeah. someone can ruin you. Because oh, especially they, like Google review yes. or something. Right. Google so reviews are the like, worst. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, come on, just come back and try yeah. again. And we haven't had that experience yet, but it's bound to happen, right? Like yeah, it's, something it's, just doesn't go right one night for one moment. And, yeah. and you just and get that one person you. that scathes you on Yelp or Google and yeah. it's like, come on. I think most people are struggling? pretty you know? decent though. Like yeah, even with a bad review. But I remember, <laughs> I remember when you got your first not five star review and you were freaking out about it. I had to humble myself because I was like my... My partners were like, dude, you gotta let that go. Like, 
It's not yeah. going to be flawless every single night. And the first night it wasn't, I was like, no, we're going to fail. Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, it's stressful. It's crazy. So, do you, uh, I've got another question, but do you have. I was just going to ask, do you and your husband run that well with each other? Do you guys have, is there any issues with. Oh, it's our favorite, honestly. So, we both, so he runs a pawn shop in Roy. Okay. It's a car dealership, gun store, pawn depot. Okay, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Awesome. So, he manages that. and nice. And. I, I work at a law firm in Layton, and we all the time talk about let's just quit and just do this twenty four seven. Like yeah. it's fun to work together. You get to talk to people, like the nicest yeah. people, people who go out and get food from food trucks. They're from all walks of life, but they're happy, like, yeah, because yeah. they're at somewhere where you're getting food and having. It's fun. like a new experience. Yeah, too. Well, it's like, like you can go and get exactly what you want from food trucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or you get, a, or it's you get a chance to try something new that you can't find a restaurant that has it. That's mm-hmm. what my biggest thing is. Like most of the food trucks, you can't find restaurants that mimic those menus. So it's like you go and seek that truck to get that. Yeah, and I feel like, they like have where are you going to go? Like if I think about the top of my head, I don't know where I would go to get a churro from a store. I'm sure that there's like a cookie shop or something that maybe has it. But like going to yours, I would know. All right, yeah, that's going to be the best one in town. Let's go. So there's a food truck that's parked by Davis Lanes in Layton. It's a me Mexican, but they have these tacos that are out of this world. I saw you oh, post it on yeah. Facebook the other day. I was it's like your third went, day in went, a row you went yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> three days in a row. <laughs> That's and funny. Luckily, I cut the habit. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the, you always hear, like, the best food is at restaurants that have holes in the, or, like, hole in the walls. Yeah. But, like, I think that allows people that are really good cooks to not ha- take on such a risk with, with buying a brick and mortar or yeah. leasing one. It's not as expensive. They have control where they want to go. So, yeah, it's have, awesome. Can you speak about your guys' next truck you're thinking yet? Or are you guys keeping that under wraps for a minute? Or are you just you know, thinking of duplicating the same truck? No, not duplicating. So um, Preston and Matt, the owners they of, of the brand, they will probably um, get more trucks out in different areas of the state, honestly, because we pretty much book out every night we're available to work. So do they. And so yeah. like, there's a demand, and that's great. Um, but for our second truck, should we do it? Um, we haven't quite figured out what we want to call it no and what we want to specialize in, but he's like, man, I've like, how would it be to be the entree truck and the dessert truck all just in one? Just bring both like, trucks. Or just bring them both. <laughs> you don't need to contact anyone else. Yep. It's so less stressful for the people planning the events. So that's kind of what he's thinking. That's awesome. So on the events and stuff that you guys do, what do you get, what do you see more of? Do more people, like more corporate offices hiring you just to bring dessert to their office? Or do you go to more carnivals and festivals? Or is it like stuff with like, like with Jordan and real estate and that kind of thing? Or like what's your guys' most Yeah, like I had that same question. Like when you started, did you have to reach out to people? Or is it to the point now where people are just like, because I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. Is it to that point where most of the time it's, you're turning people away? Like, sorry, we can't come to your event. We are very uh, blessed in the fact that we haven't ever reached out to anyone awesome. so far. That's However, awesome. some of that's for us to do with Chirology Utah has been around for a couple of years, so they're very well known. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it, you go to one event and someone's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Do you do weddings? Do you do this? And so weddings. we've done, a, yeah. we've done a lot <laughs> of weddings think about that. Yeah, because they're like, Hey, $1,500 for all I can eat churros for my guests. Yeah, you bring it, perfect. you deal with it. They can eat churros with whatever flavor toppings they want. And I have nothing that I have to do. And so we don't bring the whole big truck in, but we park it out so back. you cater that. Then. We cater okay. it in. That's awesome. People order. I want, you know, two caramel vanilla churros or yeah. a strawberry drizzled churro and you and people love it and it's so less stressful for the you know 
the wedding group. So yeah. Yeah. we had I forgot we had a uh, you, food you truck had, for our wedding. We had yeah, lucky slice pizza. Oh and, yeah, that, that was the same awesome. thing. It was like just get a slice as you want, and it was, it was awesome. awesome. Did yeah. you just pay the food truck? Like yeah, we I just, paid the same thing. It was similar. It was like twelve hundred dollar fee or something like that, and they were there for like four hours, and it was just idea. like until they ran out of stuff, pretty much. Like because our wedding, my family, my uncle married a Filipino, so they cooked when they cook food they cook so much but i know it was stressful yeah so it's just a good idea to hire a food yeah. truck and yeah, i remember your food though, that was good yeah, yeah we <laughs> we didn't plan it very well i get i get the idea of wedding planners now because when we got married we just people started showing up and so we just talked to them and then a line just formed and we didn't get to eat or sit yeah. down Dude, we were just starting anything. social acts when we got married so like if my wife didn't save us our wedding could have been like the worst <laughs> i was so busy dude i was still working my day job and doing that and it was like day job to here day job to here and she was trying to plan the wedding and like it would like fit me in for three hours and she'd have three options do you like these i'm like yes 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 let's go yeah i just said yes to everything too. yeah pretty much i was like i'm sorry so yeah yeah shout out to my wife for doing well that. i want to switch gears for a little bit but i do want i had one more question jordan i have one more i was yeah yeah you about. go so you go you first. franchised it so with that on franchising a food truck which i think our listeners will like to hear what does that entail for you if there's another truck in Salt Lake? So is your, you, you're out of Davis County, right? Davis Weber. Davis Weber. So yeah. like, what if there's another truck in Salt Lake that's your brand that, get, that gets hired or... I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, do you buy an area? Yes. Is yes. So we is? have okay. our geographical areas. So we cover Davis County and any, everything north. Okay. And if there's an event in Salt Lake, like we went up to the University of Utah because mm-hmm. the, the other truck couldn't, couldn't make, make it. it. And, and that's like, okay. Hey, you want to take this event we're not available and we'll do the same thing we've got an event um, people will call and say hey can you do this you know community party and it's in Salt Lake and we'll say hey do you guys and they'll get first crack at it right and if they don't want it we'll say then we'll take it well that's awesome because then you guys are able to work as a team essentially to keep the brand built and there's not another churro competitor that would come in no you can still put your basically they are your competitors but they're also your friends and put them into um, covering those spots and you can do that for them yeah they want they want us successful the more successful we are the more money we bring them yeah, as yep. part of the franchise right agreement. And so there's zero competition on our end with them. Um, they're super great guys. They helped us get it up and going. So That's awesome. We're, uh, we're venturing out. I wonder if you can answer their question for me on this. We're venturing out to do our first franchise. So my brand is franchising with another company in Arizona, or another, a group of folks in Arizona. They're my family that are going to put a social action in Gilbert. Um, you being a franchisee, do you have any advice for me to <laughs> make that – relationship good with them like what is stuff that your franchise or your partner i would just say you know make sure it, it's something that you both of you like right make mm-hmm. sure it's in writing and you have clear terms and it's not like here these are our terms just sign it it's these are their terms you come together with your terms you bring together something that you're both happy with yeah and be flexible with each other you know obviously like well the contract says this however we can have a verbal agreement that i'm going to be allowed to come and do this or that right like yeah. the contract says that we stay in this county in these areas, yep. but we have a verbal agreement that as long as we ask, we can go into each other's that's areas. That's good. Yeah, and that's what my biggest nervous thing about when yeah. my lawyer put out our thing for our franchisee, and I'm reading through it all of it. I'm like, that's great. It covers all the bases, but it's like, yeah, there's. I know there's going to be stuff that's going to come up, and so it's yeah. good advice. I like it. So, I well, I want to go to refereeing a little bit. Great, um, let's do it because parents are crazy but i want you started talking about your churros and all the different flavors so before we switch gears just tell us like your favorite churro 
your bestseller, like what's on your menu so you can make people's mouth water and they'll come and, <laughs> come and grab a churro. Perfect. So my favorite is the caramel vanilla. I think it's like the best thing on earth. My kids and husband, however, love the strawberry vanilla. It's a homemade strawberry sauce with a you know vanilla icing drizzle. That's it, sound, it, it reminds me of like a toaster strudel. Yes. Yeah. Strawberry vanilla yes. or cream yeah. cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that is... Between the caramel and strawberry are most popular, but chocolate actually does really well. We have a chocolate drizzle that it's kind of that's a traditional churros with chocolate, and so people love that. Um, it's it's a good Hershey chocolate. It's it's not my favorite though, yeah. um, but they pair it a lot of times with the strawberry or with the caramel. But honestly, the strawberry vanilla is probably the most popular with caramel vanilla right after. I, yeah, I would probably go caramel vanilla. Yeah. But I'm going strawberry. Strawberry? Yeah. Strawberry vanilla, that sounds we, good. We talk about, you know, the funny thing, the, the health department's like, we want to do ice cream with it. Well, that's a whole other set of things we have to go through with the health department just to add ice cream. We've talked about, you know, doing crushed up Why? Oreos. Because, like, the, the scooper needs to be sanitized or something? <laughs> I don't know. Between There's everyone. a lot of weird rules with food trucks. Like, like we have to be licensed with a business license in every county we go to, which no, makes no sense. I'm like, That's if I'm crazy. mowing lawns and my business is out of Ogden, I get a business license in Ogden, but I can go mow lawns in Layton. Yeah. I don't have to yeah. get a business license to do that in yeah. Layton. But food just trucks, you have food. to get a business license in each and every county and sometimes the city. That's just in which Did you have to do yes. that to serve food at your social acts? To well, I, guess, I guess you have to get a business license. We had to get anyways. a business license and go through health department and all that stuff for our food here. But huh. um, I didn't think about like that. Like our mobile trailer, I don't have to. Yeah, food trucks do. do and so there's so many weird, weird regulations. They kind of, they've loosened up from the beginning, but they're, they're tough. And so we'd love to add like ice cream and, and Oreos and Fruity Pebbles. Like there's all these things people ask for. Like, oh, if I could get ice cream and Fruity yeah. Pebbles with the strawberry drizzle. And we're like, yeah, it's, it's on our mind too. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime, until you guys get ice cream, I'll keep, you know, if we book you for events or something, I'll make sure another ice cream truck is there until Perfect. then. Perfect. So, so let's get into refereeing. Great. Okay. Um, I know before we started, we kind of talked about, you know, it, our coach is crazy because I've gotten emotional about it. There, I mean, you, Jordan, everybody I wants our, to win. I don't think our listeners know. So you're, you're coaching right now, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm coaching. Yeah, we haven't said that. Bonneville so. High School girls basketball. Where did you coach previously? I forget. I was at North Davis Junior High. Did you ever go at Clearfield or was it just North Davis? No, no. almost went to Clearfield, ended up not working out. Gotcha. Um, but my biggest thing as a coach was I love the kids and it, your biggest struggle is usually parents. Is that your experience with refereeing? Yes. And, and, and maybe give parents that have student athletes some advice on how to handle certain situations or like what is your perspective as you're on the court or, or on the field? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I do referee high school basketball. I've done it for, I think this would be my fifth year. I grew up playing basketball, love the sport. I coach, I'm the assistant coach for the girls varsity team at Morgan and the JV cool. coach. Um, so I get from the parents' perspective because I have three daughters playing high school yeah, basketball. Yeah. I get it from the referee's perspective because I've done it for so long. And I get it from the coach's Coaching. perspective. Sometimes you get really crappy officials. I mean, you get, that's the reason I got involved in officiating. I was sitting, I won't say where, what location, watching my daughters play. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. these guys suck. Like they yeah. are horrible. And my husband, he was a baseball umpire. Actually, well, at that time he was coaching at Ogden High Baseball, but he had been an umpire for years. And he's like, you know, it's a lot harder than you think to be an official. I was like, 
I'm pretty sure I could be better than these guys. He was like, go ahead, try it. <laughs> so I signed up the next day, nice. and I fell in love with it. That's awesome. One of my first games was actually at North Davis Junior High, and I... I loved it so much. And so was it I just in that old thinking. crappy gym? Or yes. The, yeah, yes. I used to play in that one. Yeah. And Wait, before they knocked it down? I, I actually like that gym better than the new one, but there's just memories with it. But anyways. There's some old, there's some old gyms in the state that the kids play in. It builds character. But, but I loved it so much, and I loved being a part of the game in a way that like brought value, right? Because yeah. you can't play without officials. At least you can't yeah. play well without officials. Yeah. And so... I always hear this, like, you've got kids on the court, they're getting frustrated, they're discouraged because they're not doing well, and then they hear mom or dad saying, you yeah. know, that the other team is doing something. They're essentially what parents are doing is they're making excuses for their kids, and you see the kids' behaviors change, like, I'm a good player, you're just doing it wrong, and now it's not just the ref doing it wrong, it's my teammate doing it wrong, and they have just encouraged this excuse mentality within so many student-athletes that yeah. it's always somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. I don't need to adjust. And that's what I always tell my, my athletes. I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's fouling you. But he's not blowing his whistle, so you Play have to it. adjust. Yeah. Hmm. You cannot keep going and doing the same thing every time because you're not going to get a whistle. You haven't got it the last four times. And I, you know, sometimes get after the officials, even as a coach. I'm like, okay, like, I know you can't see everything, but you really have to see that hook. Yeah, come on. Obvious, now. yeah. Yeah, and they can, and I and I understand that they can. So I'm never mad. Well, I did kick a water bottle one time because yes. I was pissed. Because when you're doing AAU, like Rudy Gobert when he slapped that water <laughs> off of his hand, and I apologize to my team and I apologize to the rest. But you know, they're doing some. Some of these officials are doing six, seven, eight games in a row when yeah, they're doing like tired. comp leagues and things like that, and they get tired. It all starts to blend, and we had a few times down the court where. One of my players, full on, two hands shoves a girl, no oh. call. The girl comes back, shoves my girl, no call. Yeah, then, and I was like, oh, my <laughs> Then gosh. that's how fights start in the parking lot. Yeah, I was like, that has to be called. Yeah. And, so, and they're like, coach, settle down, settle down. They didn't know I officiate or anything. And I was yeah. like, that. Those are the yeah. types of things that are automatic fouls. Yeah. If not technicals, when you two hands. And that was my own player. And they, they didn't care. And I was like, you know what? I got up at 6.30 in the morning to drive to Salt Lake to be here with these girls. And I know you've worked a lot of games, but we're paying money and we're trying to teach some things. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't show up as a ref and give it every game the best you can give it, then you're doing a disservice to the, the refing industry and the kids on the court. Yeah, you're not. T- that was my biggest thing when I got mad as a coach. It's like we're trying. We, we, we practice so hard and work on fundamentals and all these things. And we're trying to teach them something and then if you just don't make the calls yeah. it it whole we our voices as coaches almost start to lose value in practice and games and it's like and then kids check out and like oh, well I'm going to do what I want to do then yeah. so that's it, a hard balance though because as we talked about before the show started you've got games where I know you're working on not traveling but they travel I, my last year yeah. high game they traveled Every time someone had the ball, it was either a carry, they didn't understand the handshake rule right, so they're just carrying that ball yeah, all game yeah. long, or they're traveling. And you can't call everyone. So I yeah, usually yeah. try to ask the coaches at this point, you know, now that I've been doing it long enough, I'm comfortable saying, how much do you want me to call that travel? Like, be honest with me. I think that's smart as a ref. Let's talk about this. And you both as coaches need to understand, I'm not going to call everyone, but, like, where, where do you want me to go with it? And some coaches are like, every travel. 
They need to learn. And do you say, okay. No. <laughs> and I still don't call every travel because, you know, you're like, gosh, that was such a, such a close Euro step. I'm going to let it go because yeah. the little guy has missed every shot. You know, like you just can't bring yourself to do it. Yeah. But some coaches, they don't want a single travel call. They don't care. They figure it doesn't matter. Refs aren't usually going to call it anyway. And, and let's be honest, the NBA makes it seem like there's no need yeah, to ever call travel. And they call it on certain players and not other ones, what drives me up mm-hmm. a wall. But I think you're smart as a ref to go and talk to coaches because there are refs that I've dealt with where they just shun you and don't like nothing. And it's like, man, like there's a point where it's like we're trying to help these kids learn and do things. And if there's no communication, that is the worst for yeah. me. Yeah, it's hard. And I get that. And there's days when, as a ref, I show up and I'm like, I don't want to be here. I got called in last minute because someone bailed. Yeah. And I really need to be five other places right now. But I'm here. And so you're not in the mood to necessarily have those conversations. But that should be a very rare occurrence. When If you're going to show up, you really should show up as a ref. And, yeah. and But that's like any, any job, right? There's just days you have a bad day and you're yep. not in the mood yeah. to kind of deal with it. And And... We, as officials, get screamed at, yelled at, called yeah. stupid. I can't even tell you how many times that I've heard the crowd start chanting, get the woman off the court. Like, what? crazy uh, really? stuff. And you're like, I mean, I did a, a Dupree game at uh, two of the high schools here. And every call I made, they were like, oh, my gosh. She's a woman, they'd say to each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like. How do you hold no. your tongue? Yeah. Like, you, I, yeah. I, I, I'm come just like, on dude, that. No. You just fouled him. Sorry. Yeah. You fouled him. Like, this idea of, like, closing the gap. I'm sorry. If, if you go straight up, straight down as a defender, there's, there's no call. Right. But if you go up and then towards the guy coming at you, that's a foul. Yeah. That's just a foul. Yeah. But th- this idea of, like, closing the gap, I think a lot of coaches and players don't quite understand. Right. So... I guess I'm I'm interested too because I always try and tell my players to not talk to the ref. That's my job. Of course, they always do say something. Yeah. But what what do you advise as a from a coaching side yeah. to parents and your players? Because I I know every coach has their own philosophy on it. So we tell our parents be quiet. In the stands, cheer on the kids. That's all you need to do. Don't worry about the officiating because, number one, you're never going to change an official's call. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, my school district has a very bad reputation in the states for just being really rude to coaches or officials and, and other teams. And so we really emphasize, like, just cheer on the kids. That's all you should do, right? And with the kids, right. I tell them, you have a question, you have a concern, go talk to the ref. You can't be whining <laughs> you can't be constantly complaining, but hand them the ball. Say, here you go, ref, talk to them like they're a human. And then if they have a problem, they're probably going to say, hey, you've got to keep your arm down on that, right? Or, yeah, hey, yeah. you've got to get your knee down instead of just saying, you're a game wrecker and I'm going to foul you out. Because yeah. refs do have that conversation. Yeah. You're a game wrecker. We're getting you out of here as fast as possible so it's not a brawl. Yeah. Like, right? So I always tell them, like, talk to them. If you have a question, ask the question, but be respectful and be just treat them like normal people. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. know this isn't basketball, but if you ever want to be an axe throwing ref, come let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have big tournaments and stuff. And like, not to take anything away from the sport of basketball, but you missed a shot, you missed a shot. If you can see the little tiny bullseye on my target behind us here, 
people will skin that thing and they'll hit just barely. And if you call it a zero it. or no, oh it. man, some of our players, dude, because they'll they'll come up because there's good money like, in axe yeah, throwing in now. Your tournaments, huh? Yeah, there's there's big money in axe throwing now because you can travel Colorado here, all all over the West Coast, East Coast as well. That's and awesome. playing tournaments and winning a few grand, and you know they pay down to like tenth place. So there's good money on the table. So we just did one called the Rocky Mountain Axe Throwing Tournament. And we had folks fly in from everywhere. I'm super appreciative. It was a ton of fun. But there was some times where I was like, we so need to. you legit have refs? Like, yeah, we have refs. Yeah, and our refs did a very good job. But, like, it's the same thing where you were kind of saying, like, um, we, would watch our, we would watch players just kind of start to turn into bullies, like, getting mad, getting angry at, like, small calls. And I'm like, I just told my refs the same thing. I'm like, dude, you just got to tell them. Like, you're not changing it. It is what it is. Like, yeah. this is can't I go back and change place. it. These <laughs> yeah. are your lanes. You're, you're, yeah, exactly. I own this place. So, <laughs> yeah, fun. Well, that's crazy. I didn't know that they had officials. So yeah. do they walk up there and inspect? Yeah. Them? So yeah. we have a judge. So a judge will do, or a uh, official will do two lanes every time they score. They'll t- they'll score two people, and you throw from blue line right here on the floor, and you can't pass the red line, which is the mat right there. You can't pass the mat until your score is called. And so that was like one of our biggest things is people will step over that, and then they get a fault or a zero, mm-hmm. and just watch them. Oh, so angry, you know, and you're like, I'm sorry, man, you shouldn't have stepped over that. And then if you touch your ax before it's called and you want to debate it, the second you put a hand on it, it's that score. No matter what that ref scored, it's that score. Wait, 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 say that again. So you throw, you go down to get your ax, right? And you go to pull it out of the wall. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think this is actually a six, not a five. Well, if you put your hand on it, it was it's the, whatever, it's whatever the ref that ref said. called. You can't is debate that from it at all. That's huh? from yeah. those rules are from the official. That's from World Axe Throwing League. Yep. Okay. So the fault line, you can't step over the line, which is so tough because you throw something and you just naturally follow it, right? So they throw the axe and they, it's like darts. They just naturally want to go down and get it. Yeah. They have to halt and like stop, wait for their score, then go get it. And then if they grab the axe and they want to debate it after, <laughs> they can't. That's crazy. And so I've watched some folks get angry with that and I'm like, Sorry, man. I know that's I, that's rules, the first but. time I heard that because I was helping you when you first opened, and I remember us trying to just figure yeah. it out. But yeah. that's cool. And so we did that big tournament two, three weeks ago, and it went really well. It was awesome. But like some of my refs were like, "Man, that was stressful because yeah. they just weren't yeah. quite ready." Because I think as soon as there was money on the line, knowing that you could win, like first place was three thousand dollars. And as soon as that was on the line, like players got super serious. Like league nights, oh, if, yeah. a, if a if a stuff some if something's called and they want to debate it, they will, or whatever. There's never arguments, but, like, that tournament, it was like, wait, this is a six, man. This is not a five. What are you talking about? And you just kind of watch them come unglued, and you're like, I'm sorry. Like, Hats off to yeah. those officials, because I don't know if I'd ever want to work a game where they have an axe in their hand. <laughs> yeah, the right? Yeah, no, they're down. like, oh, that's funny. I mean, we've seen yeah. brawls in the stand. I've been shoved in the back where a coach is trying to lunge at the other coach yeah. and takes me out with him. Like, people yeah. go crazy. I, you, well, good, that's a, and that's courageous. A, that's a good thing about, and I'm like, any sport can have this, but that's the that's been the really good thing so far. That we've worked with World Axe Ring League. Their companionship and camaraderie is is awesome with all of our players. So when someone gets heated, it's our ref definitely will you know try and put them get them to stop and calm down and whatnot. But a lot of times the crowd will, like a lot of times like our other players will be like, dude, calm down. Like yeah. you're that's, you're overreacting over nothing. We're here to have a good time. So we don't have as many as I think I've kind of exaggerated it to, but those few incidents. But when you have a couple, it's like, wow, yeah. you yeah, see yeah. how quickly well, it's it can like escalate. Can, yeah, and you can watch how a tournament kind of gets a different feel. Like the feel of the tournament kind of got odd because we, we had two incidents where someone got super angry and it was just like, okay, how do we, let's bring this back. We're having fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Turn on a better song. I don't know. So. <laughs> Turn on a better song. <laughs> so I've got to get going because I have an appointment, but I, I want to hit on one more thing that I think is important that you mentioned. My wife's a school teacher Mm -hmm. and 
this also affects law enforcement. Are there any other workforces? Right now, it would just be law enforcement and teachers. And teachers. So explain this. It's a bill that you are pushing? Yes. Or? So I'm sponsoring um, legislation. Myself and Senator Winterton, we're putting forth legislation that would allow law enforcement and teachers to come back to work post-retirement after 60 days as long as they come back part-time. You know, okay. a lot of people will work in law enforcement for 20, 30 years, and they want to retire. And a lot of times, from talking to law enforcement, they want to go into education. Yeah. So they could go be a, a part-time teacher. And they're like, I've already worked for 30 years full-time. I don't necessarily want full-time work. But yeah. a part-time job yeah. would be great. Same thing, teachers that have retired, and they see the shortage we have right now in teaching. Like, I could definitely come back and teach part-time with another great teacher. It actually will save school districts money. Yeah, and yeah. help with the shortage of law enforcement so, teachers. Just so I better understand it. So you're saying now these, these folks, law enforcement or teachers, are making it to retirement, calling it a day, and then saying, I'm kind of bored. I want to go back and help out and do mm -hmm. some part-time stuff. And they, you're saying that if they do that now, it affects their retirement. Correct. Anything under the Utah retirement system, it's called URS, um, short name, is, is they are prohibited from going back to work at any length of time within the year. Like if it's been 10 months, doesn't matter. You go back to work, um, your, your year now starts over. And if you, if you try to go back to work, you cannot collect your retirement. Even oh though you gosh. work 20 That's years. So yeah, weird. Like we created the, the timeline, like 20 years and you get to retire. And yeah. then they go to retire. Like, oh, but we didn't really want you to retire. We oh. don't want to encourage you to retire. So now we're not going to let you work anywhere else under our system. That and this is where, like whoever passed that, or looked at it, do you ever, like, look at laws or, or and you're like, who, or is it just like, yeah, I guess that was the way they used to do it? I mean, there's always, there's unintended consequences, and I hate that phrase, you know, you're always like, what are the unintended consequences of this? And you never really know. They were trying to do pension reform because we were losing a lot of um, money because people were retiring, then they were coming back full time. And so they essentially were getting their ret whole retirement and then a whole new, a more increased salary. So the state taxpayers were paying so much money, we didn't have it there. So I understand the need to put some reform in there, but I think the part-time piece makes it so it's affordable because instead of hiring someone back and now paying into their retirement again and paying for their health care and all their benefits, it's part-time work. So the districts are actually spending less because they're going to have two part-time people instead of one full-time person. Mm. And they're getting experienced people in there so they don't have to train. There's not going to be the same kind of turnover because they obviously love what they do because yeah. they did it yeah. for <clears throat> 20 years, 30 years, and now they just love it so much they want to still be involved. Yeah, so. my, this, my, oh, my wife took over an art program at Farmington Junior High, and... and I'd imagine that's kind of he. He did such a great job. He had stained glass and the pottery and what? That, are you talking about the previous guy? Yeah, that to, she okay. took over his program. But I was like, why don't you ask him to like come back and help? And I don't know if that's the reason why he doesn't. But it, it makes sense. It makes me think. No, of, I never knew that. that. Yeah, they they can only make um, up to seventeen thousand dollars in the year and still qualify to receive their. They'd be better off at in and out Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, they, and they can't even work for, I've got a teacher right now in my district who's like, I retired in Salt Lake. I now moved up, you know, somewhere, you know, on the Wasatch back. They don't have a calculus teacher. I was a calculus teacher. I'm amazing at it. That's and she's crazy. like, I will go teach. And so she subs, but she can only sub so often. Yeah before she hits that financial barrier wow. and she's like I, I don't so, I can't even volunteer because I'm not like a parent with kids in the school and there's laws against that 
Yeah. That's crazy. So on this bill then, so this bill wouldn't affect the current retirement rate of the 20 years, and they'd still get that. Mm-hmm. It's just opening the window to say, hey, you don't have to be done. You can come back and do after more 60, stuff. It's okay. a federal law that requires them to stay out for 60 days. Okay. But after 60 days, they'd be allowed to come and back. And it's almost the exact same system with the with police officers. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and right now we're just focusing on... on law enforcement and teachers in the classroom because that's where our biggest shortages are. You know, I know there's a lot of interest in in seeing expand to all different um, types of public employees, but I think we got to focus first. Why do you think there's such a shortage with um, teachers? It's a tough business. It's a, it's, you know, it's, I I think a lot of it is COVID too, because like my wife, some kids want to come back. Some some parents want to hold their students. So she has to create two curriculums now, one online, Mm -hmm. one for kids. And so it's, it's just doubling and work. And it's just double work. And, yeah, and they're creating all these crazy rules. Yeah. So what what are you up against with getting this to pass? Is this, like, the beginning steps? Or have you been doing this for a while, like, hoping that yeah. it goes through soon? Or? So I ran the bill last year. didn't get out of rules. It was actually not a part-time bill. They just got to come back after 60 days, period. Hmm. And that didn't get out of rules because it, it's, it's expensive, more expensive to pay them their retirement and then let them go back to work. But I think we're looking at it the wrong way. Right. And so just right now I was in committee last month talking to the retirement committee about it. Um, hopefully we'll be able to just push it through in January. The biggest pushback I hear honest and truly is if you do this for law enforcement and teachers, we've got our building inspectors that we're yeah. short on too. Why not them? Like everyone's, and, and then, so then every legislator's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to pick and choose. Because it just opens I don't up want precedent. this group mad at me because I, I passed it. Law and enforcement from them. and teaching sound is pretty important. I know. <laughs> so I think I think it will have a good chance. And good. Senator Winterson's a great guy. And I think, you know, originally we looked at doing it for the smaller counties. Honestly, that was the it was hardship counties, fourth, fifth, sixth class, small communities because they don't have a lot of options. Manila up in Daga County, you know, Flaming Gorge, they yeah. have one deputy out for the whole county sometimes because there's not a lot of population and but there's a lot of tourism so there's a need but the reality is that we started diving into it was yes manila definitely needs this but you know what weaver county has 120 some teacher openings too so they obviously need it and so so when you started when we started expanding it to just statewide people start going oh now it's more expensive and oh if we're going to expand let's really expand it it's, and it's politics. Yeah. So is there anything like our listeners or public could do to get this to pass? If they're in favor of it, reach out to their House representative and their state senators and say, hey, I think you should look into, you know, this retirement bill. We need to fix the retirement system in Utah. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I, I hate to cut you off. Um, I would love to have you back. I'm sure Braden yeah, feels the same, especially if bring you bring her back your, when the new truck comes open. Yeah, the new, that's what I, I want to know. Say. The, new, <laughs> the new truck yeah. comes open. Yeah. <laughs> we we basically just started this for a reason to us to hang out. We <laughs> yeah. we, that's awesome. we, uh, we missed tr- our friends. <laughs> yeah, we tried different stuff, and we both have our own business in a sense, and so. That was one of the reasons, but yeah. another one is I've met so many great people on podcasts, and you you gain great relationships. Uh, I found my title lady that I use every transaction through a podcast. That's cool. So I, our hope is also is we connect all of Utah and our community. That's why we named it We Are Utah. It's the people of Utah that make this place great. 
Um, Braden's making it great with his social acts. You're making it great as a refer- referee You're making it great as a realtor, man. And hopefully I can bring more people and That's buy right. homes and make them live here. Especially and, in this tough world right yeah, now. Yeah, we just want to make them make people realize how great it is to live in Utah because we've, we've lived here our whole life. There's a lot of people coming from out of state here. My wife's from California. Her whole family's here. So it's just a cool state. There's yeah. so much going on and so much growth. And that's that's really our goal, and I think you helped us accomplish that today. Before we Thanks. before we head out, do you want to drop any of your social media titles for your food truck or anything? And yeah, Chirology Weber. We will be at the Weber State game tomorrow night, so come and support them. It's their awesome. homecoming game, and football, and come right? Get a, football, yeah. yep. And uh, get a churro while you're cheering them on. It's on ESPN, so it should be a really fun awesome. big game. Nice. Hopefully, you can get churrology on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you That's know awesome. what? We'd be happy just to be there. It's a cool stadium, and they've got great people working. And the, their them. football program, Jay Hill's running it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Dyson, I know Dyson, who played in the NFL, he was coaching at Clearfield. He's up there under Jay Hill now, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put all of her links in the description. Uh, if you want to connect with her email, I'll ask you after what you're comfortable with and I can put it in the description. Well, you'll also have links to Braden's social acts. If you want to book an event or just come in and I'll put my links to, uh, in case you guys are looking for a house or need to sell a house. So we appreciate you. Thanks guys. We'll see you again soon and, uh, uh, check back in for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.